when consumers experience something, the impact is deeper. The more immersive that experience is, even deeper the impact is. So multi-sensory actually enables you to get into that in a significant way. Today's guest in CMO Talk is Raja Rajamanar, Chief Marketing and Communication Officer at MasterCard and President of MasterCard's healthcare business. This is CMO Talk, the podcast, marketing discussed at the highest level. CMO Talk is sponsored by our valued partner, Adobe. My name is Klaas Weima, professional marketer, founder of Agency Energize and podcaster since 2008. In this monthly show, we unravel the secrets of world's marketing giants. And I'm Adam Fields. I'm a sta- I've been a stand-up comedian for over 20 years, actually. Uh, but after several episodes of this podcast, I've, I'd quite like a job in marketing now. Uh, it sounds a lot more lucrative, to be honest, than stand-up comedy. Well, today, Adam and I interview Raja Rajamanar, Chief Marketing and Communication Officer of MasterCard and President of MasterCard's healthcare business. Yes, he wears many hats. And Forbes has ranked Raja as the fourth most uh, influential CMO in the world. Amazing. Indeed. Raja is responsible for the marketing of a $113 billion company. I'll say that again. $113 billion company, placing MasterCard in the top 10 of most valuable companies in the world. Uh, But today we're talking about multi-sensory marketing, which supposedly means marketing that engages consumers across the five senses. Uh, But how does it work? And what are the benefits? Well, this and many more questions will be answered in this episode of CMO Talk. Well, it's a true honor to have you, Raja. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Klaas and Adam. Really an honor to be there on your show and looking forward to our conversation very much. Perfect. How does it feel to be ranked the fourth most influential CMO in the world? I think the most important thing is to not get carried away, right? These ranks mean nothing in reality, right? I think the team does a great job and the leader gets the credit. And I'm happy to take the credit on behalf of my team. And I would much look at this as a recognition of my team and the fantastic work that they are doing as opposed to let anything go to my head and lose touch with the ground. <laughs> exactly. No ego. Would you say the same if you're ranked number one, though? Would you say Absolutely. that? <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just checking. <laughs> All right, great. Uh, MasterCard has developed their multi-century marketing over the past few years, and that's the main topic of this interview. And going actually beyond sight and sound. What, what, what is multi-century marketing? Could you explain what that is? Say absolutely. You know, if you look at most of the human beings, they are blessed with five senses. The sense of sound, the sense of sight, touch, smell, and which is other one, taste. Now, what happens is as marketers, typically we resort to two of these five senses to communicate with consumers, connect with them, and engage them. These are typically through advertisements, and that is audio and visual, the sense of sound and the sense of sight. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of multi-sensory is in a world which is overloaded with information, you are trying to channelize everything to two through two highways, the highway of vision and the highway of audio, and not in an optimized way. Mm-hmm. How about actually using five highways to drive the traffic through, which is all the five senses? and do it in a highly optimized fashion, which means you are having a smooth flow of information without over-cluttering, 
which is one risk that has to be watched out for. And at the same time, make sure that you are connecting with the consumers at the very, uh, I would say, primal level, so to speak, as a brand, mm-hmm. a relationship that you want to establish, which means you have to be giving rise to feelings and emotions and consumers' hearts. It is the feelings mm-hmm. and the emotions which drive decisions. So we need to really rethink how marketing is done. And so this multi-sensory marketing is a very, very important component of how you accomplish that. And particularly in the, what I call as the fifth paradigm that we are coming up on marketing. Nice. Uh, we cannot live without multi-sensory marketing, which is an integral part of what I call the larger theme of quantum marketing. So, so Roger, multi-sensory. So you're thinking, engaging all the five senses to promote a credit card. I've got, I've got a card here. I can, I can see it. I can, uh, I can, I can, I can, I can hear it just about. I can, <laughs> I can feel it. I can, uh, I can. There's no, not much smell. Not a lot of taste coming off of it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's because it's a competitor. Does yours taste better it's, it's than your competitors? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? So no, that's not what I'm saying at all. So firstly, I want to dispel the myth that yeah. Mastercard is a credit card company. It okay. is not. We don't issue a single credit card. We are a technology company, okay. a technology company which enables banks and other financial entities to issue cards and for merchants to be able to accept whether it is cards or non-cards, whatever they are, various payment mechanisms. Plus, we have got a whole bunch of other things which contribute uh, to a significant component of our growth. So this is one part of it. So just to clarify Now, when you look at multi-sensory, it is not about making the product by itself taste good, feel good, smell good. You are talking about how can you connect your product with the five senses of the consumers. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you examples of of how we brought them to life at MasterCard, right? So one of the fastest growing uh, passions for people is culinary experiences. So we said, how can MasterCard get into this space? One way is what you have described, you know, in a joking way, which is, can I make my cards as edible? Now, that's not what we're talking about. So what (laughs) we did is we started curating experiences, which we used to call priceless tables, Mm -hmm. in very unexpected locations in exotic situations. And you have got top-rated chefs who would actually serve you a meal. Like the very first priceless table we had was on top of a billboard in Times Square. And we had a Michelin-starred chef who was actually coming and giving them a five-course meal. It gives a fantastic experience. So what happens is the beautiful experience that they have got, they start subconsciously associating Mm -hmm. it with MasterCard. It's linked to the brand, yeah. It's linked to the brand. So this is one. Then from there, we evolved to the next stage where we said, okay, we can set up these tables, but can we also have tie-ups with various restaurants? So we started giving special experiences to our consumers at restaurants. For example, in Red Rooster in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, giving US examples right now. Yep. They're at the top of my mind. So Red Rooster. So you go there and you get some special treatment and uh, the owner of the restaurant will come and greet you and he'll give you some small uh, you know, gift bag with lots of spices, etc. It's It's pretty cute. Like, And you'll really have a great experience. Then we went to the next stage. We said, can we create our own restaurants? We launched five phenomenal restaurants. Unfortunately, we had to shut them down during pandemic. But now we are reopening and we have just launched two restaurants. One in Mexico and one in Sao Paulo in Brazil. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So in these two places, these restaurants give you very unique ambiance. Are, 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 they, are, they are they called MasterCard restaurants or how do you no. associate them with the with the brand? Yes. They're called Priceless by MasterCard. Ah, okay. Here we go. Uh, I'm really curious. Let's listen to an impression of MasterCard Sonic branding materials. I was wondering, Raja, where were all the senses developed simultaneously in that in that no. strategy? Mm. Uh, no, Klaus. In fact, this was you know. Firstly, it was not just deploying a sense, but understanding what that sense can do to the brand and how do we really tap into it in a most compelling fashion. Mm-hmm. So I started personally diving into each one of these areas. So for example, let's take sound. Yeah. Right now, the brands uh, around the world, various brands around the world have been using sound forever. You had jingles that I remember from my childhood. 50 years back, I used to hear those jingles and I still remember them mm-hmm. extremely clearly. Uh, so jingles have been around for decades. Then you have got very good companies like, for example, Intel. They had yep. a mnemonic at the end of their ad. And that has become very recognizable. Then you had mm-hmm. British Airways, which had a beautiful aria that would be played on there in the, mm-hmm. the planes or in the lounges, etc. So it's nothing new. But then when I started looking into it, what I realized is sound is very, there is science to sound than just the art form of science. And I tried to understand the science part of it. So we created what we call as the sonic brand architecture, which has 10 different layers of how the sound characteristics will be manifested. Hmm. So we launched the first three so far. So the first one is a melody of 30 seconds length. So this melody firstly has to be pleasant. Otherwise people will get annoyed. It has to be memorable. If it is not memorable, how will you remember it and how will you create the connection? It has to be hummable. Mm. Hummable because that which you can hum is simple enough and yeah. it has gone into your head. So which means it will remain there for long. Can, can you hum the, the Sonic brand of MasterCard for us? I wish I could do it. My <laughs> voice is awful and I don't want to mutilate my brand. And that okay. was so publicly. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the key thing is it has to be hummable. Yes. Right. Then it, it has to be neutral. Mm. which means it should not dominate a situation. It, the purpose is not the sound. The purpose is sound, uh, sound is to support the brand. Yes. Right. Then we also, it has to be versatile, which means whether you are in India or right. China or Germany so or cross, the UK. Cross-cultural. Yeah. Yeah. Cross-cultural. It yeah. has to be cross-situational, whether mm. you're in a very energetic football match or you are in a romantic evening dinner setting, which is you know, very soft and beautiful the melody has to transition across all these situations. That was the first one. And then we had just two other layers, which is one is at the end of every ad, a subset of this particular melody will sign off all the ads. That's a sonic signature. And the third one is every time your MasterCard is used, either on your phone or at a point of sale table in a shop, wherever, you will hear a 1.3 second long six note subset of the melody. Oh, that's amazing. Each one of these... Each one of these keeps building on the other. Yeah. And this is something which we have done so far. And now we started creating music. Great. Well, R- Raja, would, would you recommend this uh, sort of multi-sensory branding for, for all brands? 
or is it particular to, to brands like yours? No, 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 no. I think in the in the scenario where you have got so many brands competing for the limited attention of people, all the brands have to explore opportunities in an authentic and a credible way of how they can get in. It is not just associating some sound with yourself and jumping in. Don't want to miss an episode of CMO Talk? Subscribe on your favorite podcast app or on cmotalk.global. This actually brings me to, to um, one of our statements. Uh, every episode, we, we have a number of statements, and we're going to start off with our first statement and li- like you to give your opinion on it. The statement is, if all major brands in the world would implement multi-sensory marketing, consumers will be overstimulated in no time. Mm, no, I don't agree with that. If it is done partlessly, yes. If you are just creating a cacophony, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But if I go back to the highway example, there are five highways. If you do things in a scientific manner where you're regulating the movement of the traffic, movement of information in this particular case, it can actually be very beautifully streamlined. Mm. Actually, it'll be plus also consumers, they would reject you. If yeah. you either they, they will tune you out if they can, or they will completely switch you off. Like for yeah. example, today, consumers are now installing ad blockers on their devices. Yeah. There are 600 million at a minimum, 600 million people who have installed ad blockers, which means you cannot reach them through your advertisements, which is yeah. good in some sense. And people are running in droves, literally, to ad-free environments like Netflix, like Amazon mm-hmm. Prime, etc., where there are no ads. It's really a heaven without ads. Um, I was wondering um, how to balance between stimulating yeah, and annoying. You mentioned that it's important to take in mind. Uh, I really like the metaphor of the of the highway you mentioned, Raja. If you don't regulate the traffic and also if you don't regulate the noise or the impulses or the senses, yeah, you're doing a bad job as a marketer, basically. But how did you balance that in the huge project of, of multi-century marketing for, for MasterCard? there'll be new alternate realities that will be coming about, like the metaverse. So what happens is people are moving into different realms and therefore you have many, many more areas where you can engage with consumers. So it's not like you're doing multi-sensory on television. Okay, there are so many other places that you can actually do it. The key point is if you do not regulate yourself, somebody else will come and regulate you, i.e. the governments. Yeah. Right? In some places, for example, when there was an indiscriminate uh, proliferation of out-of-home billboards. Now, some of the municipalities have banned it because they're an eyesore. Mm. So that's a question where if consu- if marketers indiscriminately and stupidly start jumping in and putting things out there, the people are annoyed. There is an organ rejection, so to speak. Mm. And either consumers will reject you, like with the ad blockers example, or the regulators will step in and they will do what is good for the consumers as they should. It is actually a well thought out and, and layered approach, what I what I hear from your story, right? So it's not Absolutely. just, okay, we, we have a new project. It's Sonic Branding. Let's guys go to the studio and make something up. No, it's really, uh, it, it resonates to the core of the brand or the purpose of the brand. And if you've done that Absolutely. right, right, then, then you have something. Absolutely. So I would like to ask you a, a second statement, uh, if I may. Uh, attention is vital for every marketer, right? So, so you mentioned billboards. We also have banners and TV commercials and many Posters other ways. Yeah, exactly. Things, yeah. To, to catch the valuable attention of, of the consumer, which brings us to the second statement. The other senses, besides the traditional sound and uh, sonic hearing, are the holy grail in capturing attention. 
I would not say they are a holy grail, but they are an incredibly powerful set of layers that can get you to the consumer engagement to an unprecedented level of relevance and depth. Both are extremely critical. And yes, that's something which is going to be game changing. Ah, interesting. Is it that, that marketers traditionally focus on, because there's a lot of uh, studies being done on, on sonic breading. Of course, we have the, uh, the site, but there's not, not much study or debate lately on, on touch and, and smell, for example. Mm. And is that the future for marketers to, to have like really have a multi-century brand approach in place? Absolutely, class. In fact, mm. if you look at, uh, you know, uh, some companies like, for example, Aston Martin, the kind of leather that they choose, and when you run your fingers on the leather, it gives you an experience that you may not be very consciously aware of, but subconsciously it does something to you in a good mm. way. You say, wow, this car feels great. Yeah. And then, uh, and the sounds that they have created inside that car, you know, how the you know, door click is and how the warning sign, there's all in sonic architecture that they have created, which is fascinating. Now, in our own case at MasterCard, for example, we created mm-hmm. a fragrance, a two fragrances actually, right? They are called again, priceless. One is called passion. The other one is optimism. Passion is red in color, which is our you know, part yeah. of our logo. The other one, pa- optimism is yellow in color. Mm, and what we did, The whole idea is it is not just selling fragrances and making money out of it. No, we are creating a an aura and an ambience and a lifestyle approach to our brand. So what happens, you find, for example, when you go to Italy and Renaissance, we actually have got the products being sold yeah, in their fragrance section. It says priceless and it looks beautiful and it'll be available at many other places. And if you come to any MasterCard experience center, you will smell the fragrance out there. Depending on the time of the day, if it is morning, it is optimism. If it is evening, it is passion. (laughs) It will be there at our events. So what happens is we are creating that kind of overall immersive experience. So one is when consumers experience something, the impact is deeper. Mm. The more immersive that experience is, even deeper the impact is. So multi-sensory actually enables you to get into that in a significant way. So that's why I'm really excited about this. Our experiences of of the senses, uh, particularly things like music, things like taste, it's very subjective. So how do you make sure that the identity of MasterCard sort of caters to everyone that you're trying to appeal to? Um, That is how do you avoid how do you avoid the, the the sort of negative brand association if someone doesn't like that that particular sound or that then you're in taste. trouble, right? So yeah. that is the holy grail. Finding that which the vast majority of people are going to like and feel positive about is the thing. Like you, you're spot on, uh, Adam. When you look at something like uh, music, mm-hmm. some people love like what my son listens to. Some of the music I throw up on. Yeah. Right? And <laughs> I can imagine. That, he is listening to it all day long. Now, the key thing is our tastes are very unique. And as I said, different strokes for different folks. So one way to tackle it is to have multiplicity of, like, for example, we have two fragrances mm-hmm. at this point in time. So to cater to different tastes, that could be one way. Likewise, when you go to any restaurant of ours, you've got multiple menus, depending on what your uh, options, what your tastes are, you choose those. Now, in case of sound, it's fascinating. You need a unification in case of sound, not a proliferation for identity. That unification, that's why it, it took me nearly two years to come up with this particular sound 
which is all having all the characteristics because people will either be inspired by it they are put off by it or they are really uh, absolutely indifferent yeah. i would check a combination of indifference and positivity and i cannot afford to have negativity so we had to keep on checking again and again and again to see the reactions and not just through asking people do you like it do you not like it mm-hmm. but also doing neuro testing as we call it see how yeah. are people's brains responding oh, really? these with, with, so actually with sensors whilst they're listening to the music doing that sort absolutely. of testing wow so there is it's like a helmet and there are a lot of very good companies which do it and it's very you know uh, straightforward it's like a helmet which has got wires it basically shows which part of your brain is getting stimulated by which kind of tune note sound beat etc and that's what we had done and we found that this was the one which and it took us as i said 2 years and i was working with some of the best music artists record labels and uh, musicologists because we had to be original and cannot be seen to be plagiarizing someone else's work and so it has to be original oh it was such wow. a deep exercise is, is this how pop music is going to be made in the future as well it's going to go to a sort of panel and see how who likes it and focus groups uh, actually, and that sort of thing Adam you you're not too far off from it right it's already happening right now hmm. so today for example artificial intelligence is creating music completely on its own so there is a ai I, software it's called i believe endel i i knew i knew justin bieber was a robot i knew it <laughs> i knew it <laughs> I, but the reality is yeah. endel has got a contract for 10 record uh, album 10 albums with a record label <laughs> and uh, uh, and it creates in a matter of few hours uh, and they are saying that will be even faster the key thing is this is something which is evolving it's a fantastic pace uh, and that's why i keep saying marketing when we look at it the way we are doing it is not the way we are going to do marketing in the future it's going to be powered by various technologies like artificial intelligence the metaverse augmented reality virtual reality holographic projections 3d printing 5g telecommunications blockchains the list goes on and on and on yeah. you know wearables internet of things uh, smart speakers autonomous driving vehicles these are going to change our lives completely Lately. and in an irreversible fashion love cmo talk leave us a review on apple podcast we're interested in your opinion and you'll help others find this podcast too if i'm a cmo and i'm listening to cmo talk uh and i listen to you do where where do i start because you are of course um, uh, responsible f- on a global scale of one of the earth's biggest brands and also have the budgets involved to make the leap right into that new space but where if i'm just i'm a cmo of a local local brand uh, mm-hmm. in the netherlands to, for example and i don't have those large budgets where, where to start where to start in making that step into the yeah. future of marketing so i can tell you today to create music with ai is much cheaper it costs a fraction than what it cost me 2 years back so the costs are coming down across every single area in the past mm-hmm. for example to create a fragrance i used to work at unilever uh you know uh, quite some uh, decades back and i was used to manage some brands like denim axe and brute mm-hmm. I, and if you had to create a new fragrance either for those kind of products or for soaps or shampoos or whatever it was a very very long process yeah now today for us it took just about i would say under one year to get two fantastic fragrances so the speed is actually of development is increasing 
thanks to all the technologies and it's becoming more accessible. So you don't have to be a gigantic brand with gigantic budgets to be able to do this. Even if you're a small company, yeah. you can do it. Okay. And deploying technologies like AI, you can easily do it. And mm-hmm. you know, in the past, for a technology like AI, you have to invest a lot of money for the infrastructure. Right. And you have to... Today, AI is available as a service. So you pay as a go, uh, you pay as you go, and you pay for what you are just used. Which you use. So therefore, yeah. for just a few thousand dollars, you can actually get AI solutions for you, and that's brilliant. Yeah. So the, there is a democratization and accessibility of this technology at an unprecedented level. Not just AI, but all the technologies. Um, I'm going to give you some dilemmas, please, Roger. Just choose quickly don't think too too long and hard we want to hear your sort of gut feeling uh, answer to these uh, dilemmas so just choose choose one of these two options okay you ready yep here we go being the biggest or the best the best visual or sonic identity uh, at this stage sonic but okay. in the long term multi-sensory ah physical shop or metaverse I would say it's a combination. Oh. I mean, I'm sort of, I'm not dodging the question, but the key thing is metaverse is where the future is going, but physical is always going to be dominant. Uh, always. Okay, nice. Always, absolutely. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Bitcoin or dollar? I would always say dollar. Yeah. But if your question was crypto versus dollar, I would say crypto. Oh, that's interesting. There's a difference. W- which dilemma would you like to discuss in more detail? I would actually say uh, crypto versus dollar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in fact, crypto, you know, one of the key things is crypto is going to be so game changing. It's already changed the game. You know, there are two types of cryptos at a very high level. Why why I said not Bitcoin, but I said crypto is, there are some things which are called stable coins, which is they're pegged to a government-backed currency. Mm -hmm. Then you've got free-floating currencies like Bitcoin. The, the flea floating currencies are at this particular stage very volatile and speculative. Whereas cryptocurrencies have got, as stable coins, have got a phenomenal role to play. Whether it is for instant movement of money from this country, if I have to send money to my cousin in India, in a matter of few seconds it happens. Reconciliation, it happens so instantaneously. The volatility is absolutely not there because it's back to the currencies. The accessibility to people for the inclusion of all kinds of people with or without bank accounts is going to be amazing. I think it's going to be very game-changing across multiple industries. And if you're looking at, for example, I'm an artist and I'm producing music, you can actually collect a ton of stuff through the crypto world, whether it is through NFTs or whether it is getting my currency, my royalties through the blockchain mechanisms, using cryptocurrencies, the possibilities are incredible. So this is going to be the new world order uh, when you fast forward. It's so nice to to see how passionate you are about uh, uh, future and, and present technologies, Raja. Where, where, where does that passion come from? Where does it originate? See, I, I, I think, you know, I found my calling, so to speak, that it was marketing. Uh, when I first, uh, you know, uh, I was doing my MBA, so at that time, I thought I'll become an environmental engineer mm. uh, who looks after pollution control. I am a trained mm. environmental engineer and I did my, I was doing my environmental management when I was doing my MBA. But then during the internship between the first and the second years I was doing with a cosmetics company, I overheard a conversation in the next cubicle between my boss at that time and the agency. And they were trying to figure out how to really get 
communication across to some consumers about why cosmetics, they should be using it. Because in those days in India, there was a little bit of a bad rap in South India, particularly that we are using cosmetics as a woman. That means you are trying to attract attention towards yourself and therefore you're not of a good character. Hmm. It was not accepted. So then I said, why are these guys struggling so much? And I just took a piece of paper and I said, is it bad to look good? Uh-huh. And with that, and I just created a quick ad on a literally piece of paper and gave it to them. I said, what about this? They were stunned. And I got very, very big success with that particular campaign. And I said, man, maybe actually this is where I should be in. So and now are. 36 years hence, I'm still here. You discovered your talent at that moment. Exactly. It was an aha yeah. moment for me and it stayed with me for yeah. life. I thoroughly enjoy it. And, you know, it's it's fascinating. One of the very few functions where you leverage both sides of your brain. Mm. You, you see your action, your thoughts and concepts manifesting in front of you. You're dealing with people. It's very yeah. glamorous. You travel. Mm. You also have a, a, the amazing opportunity to make a difference because your influence is so high. You can create the right impact in the society if you want to. And therefore, it's very exciting to me. And okay. plus... Our field is so rapidly changing. It's like, you know, you're a kid in a candy store. Yes. <laughs> so whichever way you look, there is an opportunity. So it's pretty exciting. And I think this is the most inspiring moment in time so to be in the field of marketing. Raj, Raj, I was wondering, is there a sixth sense in marketing? I, yes, absolutely. That is your gut feel. That's your judgment. That's your wisdom. Ah. Because hmm. science can take you only up to your point. Art can actually embellish it and take you to a different level. But there is something beyond that. That comes with experience. Very yeah. few people, I think, are innately born. They are born with left and right brain capabilities. But that third dimension, uh, or that sixth sense, as you would call it, it comes, I think, when you have seen the world at large and you have experienced different circumstances, cultures, countries, yes. and products, industries. So I think that that's something which is very invaluable. Yeah. Is there, is there, are there moments when you see the the marketing data has been presented to you, but you go, mm, yeah, I, I see the data, but I really feel this, and it's something different <laughs> to what the data's been presented to you? All, all the time, Adam. Really? Really? <laughs> it's not an exception. Right. No, many, many times. Yeah, absolutely. I said, no, many times I said, no, there is something wrong with this study. Uh, Or the way we have asked the questions might not be correct. Or maybe the consumers didn't know what they were answering because their behavior is subconscious where you are asking them to give a conscious answer. So that only gives you post-rationalized responses as opposed to what really truly drives. So I always overwrite and overrule. So your gut gut, uh, overrides the, the, the brain quite often. Uh, very often, yes. Yeah, and, and is your gut feeling often often right? Uh, so far, I have been fortunate. Yes. Okay, <laughs> that's good. One, one of the last questions I'd like to ask you: if, if you were offered a billboard that the whole world could see, what message would you put on it? I'll say, please learn for your own sake. Mm. You have Beautiful. to learn, I, and you know, otherwise mm. you get to obsolete. So my headline will be: please learn for your own sake. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, and in, not just for marketers, for anyone across the board, irrespective of the profession. I tell you when these 20 technologies are coming at us, 24 technologies, you have to re, you are upskill yourself. You have to relearn everything. Uh, you know, I, and like so many things that we take today for granted will become obsolete, completely obsolete. And if you don't keep up pace, you just get left behind. 
So learning is going to be very critical. In the next uh, episode of CMO Talk, we are interviewing uh, Patricia Corsi, Chief Marketing and Digital Officer at Bayer. What would you like to ask her? The question I would ask uh, uh, Patricia is, where is Metaverse going and how are you approaching that new space and new realm? Wow, great. Well, uh, we'll hear it next month in in CMO Talk. Thank you so much for your uh, wonderful insights. Really appreciate it. We also would like to appreciate your time. And yeah, we're looking forward to uh, yeah, continue the conversation probably later in Cannes or in New York. Uh, but knows? for now, thanks for your time. It's really been a pleasure fine. talking to you, Raja. Thank you for listening to CMO Talk with Raja, Raja Manar about multisensory marketing. Don't want to miss out any episode of CMO Talk? Subscribe on cmotalk.global or your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, please leave us a review. We sure you hope you'll be tuning in next month when we'll be talking to Patricia Corsi, Chief Marketing and Digital Officer at Bayer. If you have any questions or ideas, feel free to email me at class at cmotalk.net. Thanks for listening. Please visit cmotalk.global for more interviews. The CMO Talk podcast is developed and directed by Energize. Audio, mixing and mastering by voice booking. CMO Talk is sponsored by our valued partner, Adobe.